Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank good. you. Good. Good. And we have a few things to talk about. We're going to start off with an economic issue, but it's a it's an international issue and it uh, involves the president. So that's political yeah. and uh, everything Biden does has some relationship to, uh, you, you know, COVID and all that nonsense that goes on. And um, the basic problem I see is Biden plus most everybody in Washington are interventionists. They're economic planners and they think they can just sort of play the economy and do what it wants. So there was a headline that... Um, caught my attention because this has come up before with other administrations, even Republican administration. They don't like to see prices going up. People don't like prices. Yeah. And uh, the price of especially gasoline's going up. I, I think I paid three bucks uh, yesterday, but I think yeah. some places in the country are paying more than three dollars. Yeah. So and and that's that's a big deal and I always argue the case as soon as they get the inflation, the prices going up that is, not the dollars being printed, uh, they uh, the people scream and holler, we don't have enough money, we don't have enough money, get the prices down or do something, they never want to look at it. I said, oh, you mean it's because we spend a lot of money and we get checks when we need money and, <laughs> and everybody needs help? That's the reason price of uh, energy is going up. Yeah, it seems a little strange, but it's really not that complicated. Yeah. It's uh, that you can figure it out. Devalue the dollar and the prices are going to go up. But Biden's announcement was uh, his uh, his administration, plus Biden, is considering tapping into the strategic reserves. And the Republicans have said the same thing before. But the uh, strategic reserves, which matter of fact, uh, uh, there's some very close to us where we're sitting uh -huh. that in the salt, uh, salt domes that they have. They carve it out and put the oil and take it out of this hole and put it in, in this <laughs> hole. I often wondered. I often wondered, why doesn't it leak out? And there are some incidents that it does happen. Interesting. But, but anyway, that's, it's strategic. It's, uh, they remember the 70s and, uh, you know, it's national security and there were shortages and all, all this stuff. So it was uh, national security. Well, right now, uh, you know, it's, it's not the national security. It's the political thing of people. I don't like to pay $4 for yeah. gasoline. But you keep spending your money and get prepared for war and let everybody spend the money. But uh, he, he's upset. That is, Biden's upset with uh, OPEC and especially Saudi. They have a lot of oil. And guess what? They and the Russians are not exactly happy with us because obviously, uh, you know, our 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 uh, oil policy since uh, Biden's been in office has been totally incoherent. Yeah. So you, you you know, if you're looking for good supplies, and uh, but he in his efforts to support the greenies uh, as as well as uh, try to provide the oil supply to be consistent in the prices, um, uh, he's running into trouble because the greenies won. And he quit. He 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 quit the uh, 
the uh, Excel uh, yeah, pipeline up yeah. there, and uh, and then, then then he got interference. He we run the show, you know, uh, for the pipeline going from Russia to Europe, and uh, and and now we get into trouble all because of our stupid policies. Yeah. So what we do is we scream uh, scream and holler at Russia, produce more, bail us out, yeah, produce yeah. more, and then they go to they go to OPEC begging and pleading, and it, it is so bad. Uh, but that's where they are, and they're getting very upset but the big thing is is not only have they threatened with uh, it looks like they'll let the water out let the oil out of the reserves but then he says he has more things up his sleeve yeah, so really. what else can they do so we'll find out but in the meantime they're not going to solve the problems everything they're doing here just prolongs the agony this is price control this is mischief this is interference and uh, manipulation of the marketplace uh, taking care of special interests and trying to make all the greenies who now run the Congress make them happy and uh, this is the mess we're in and if they think anything that he has proposed there or is even possible that's going to help solve this problem when the answer is oh law of course the thing that we talk about and that is uh, free market principles well the president's got a real problem on his hands because gasoline uh, diesel gasoline certainly is at a seven-year high that goes way back to the Obama administration, remember what it was like to pay a lot of money for fuel back then. Uh, it affects everything. We have this uh, supply chain supposed problem. Uh, that affects that as well. Uh, it affects getting things from one place to the other. And it's a huge problem for the president because, you know, he announced, as you, as you suggested, uh, to appease a lot of the Green New Deal types in his administration. The energy policy they announced back in January had a few you know, pretty important points that are now coming home to roost. A, limit hydrocarbon production, limit the emission of greenhouse gases, a moratorium on new drilling permits on federal lands and waters, as you, as you mentioned, kill the Keystone Pipeline and be very, very uh, ambivalent about shale, uh, which is needed, but it goes against the green agenda. So having done all this, now they're looking around and wondering, well, gosh, why are gas prices so high? Why are we having these big problems? And a lot of it is because when you shut down all the means of production, look at that first clip, and this is from the Zero Hedge article. When you shut down all the means of production, guess what happens? Um, we have that first clip. There you go. U.S. crude production. Look what happened. It went way <laughs> down. It's way, way down. And in a related way, let's look at this next one. This is also from Zero Hedge. You invert the prices of gas, and it, it's tracking along with Biden's approval rating and I think someone in the White House should have a look at that wonder why he's so unpopular uh, this is a real problem you know maybe we shouldn't talk so much about the solution <laughs> because what if he does it and in six months everything is perfect again they'll reelect him <laughs> fat chance of that happening right but uh, you know the shale thing uh, has been around a long time one of the arguments I made when it was starting uh, is it's it technologically I think it's a very interesting thing I just don't understand how you go down there and this shale and blast this and all of a sudden you get oil coming out yeah. of it that to me is pretty amazing uh, technology but I also said I wonder if they would be doing that uh, if if they, uh, I wonder if they would do that if the credit wasn't easy. 
you know, if you couldn't go out and borrow from the bank at 1%, yeah. maybe they wouldn't do it. So I always thought there was some malinvestment there and there would have to be some correction. There's probably some of that, but the other correction is just the interference on the regulations and that has done that. And you're right, that chart shows that, you know, the, the production of oil just, you know, crashed and, uh, and, that, and, and you know, and you can understand why internationally it causes a problem. But, you know, they talk about it internationally and you see the different factions lining up, but the, the factions I see uh, are uh, NATO and Russia. Yeah. N NATO and, uh, and our foreign policy of putting these missiles all over the far east or the Middle East yeah. uh, near Russian borders after there was a tentative uh, uh, agreement that we would not do that yeah. when NATO was started. We are not going to do that. But we're right all around now. Now there's a statement that we're moving into the Black Sea. Make sure the Black Sea is safe and security yeah. for, for America. There must be a, a must be a pipeline going through there. You can't tell. But but any anyway, there's I, I think that's the most dangerous because uh, they're not likely to accommodate our president. They're not likely to say, oh, yeah, you guys screwed up and uh, you're short and we don't want you to be cold this winter. Yeah. So we're going to say we're going to increase uh, production <laughs> and you can't even if they decided right now to turn on the shale oil. My guess is that, that you don't just have one switch. Oh, now yeah. we have shale. Yeah. Oil. I'll bet you. Uh, you know, turning those wells on again are not uh, not that easy. So that's not an easy solution either. So what do they do? They resort to uh, uh, you, you know they they, they resort to uh, uh, the strategic reserves. Yeah. <laughs> what what if they need them? What are they going to do? <laughs> well, you make a good point because this is a con one of the consequences of the U.S. interventionist foreign policy. We go around the world bullying people. We try to stop the uh, uh, the Nord Stream two pipeline. We didn't want the Europeans to get gas because we wanted to get uh, our yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, they wanted to take ours. We also wanted to hurt Russia. So all this bullying and, and pushing around happens. And then when we run short on oil, we say, hey, guys, would you mind uh, pumping some more oil? And let's actually look at that bonus clip that I sent over. I found this later. But this is Biden trying to Hector OPEC into producing more oil. Hey, can we get some more oil? OPEC says to Biden, if you want more oil, Pump it yourself. <laughs> so this is what you we should get. Be like. yeah. <laughs> That's what you get when you go around the world doing this and poking your your your, your thumb in people's eye. And this is kind of as a funny. Uh, this is from the Zero Hedge article. Let's look at that next clip on the regular on the regular scale. This is uh, here's a good example. A hundred bucks for a tank of gas, and someone put a sticker on the gas tank. I did that with Biden's face. So. That kind of <laughs> captures the mood of the country, doesn't it? Right, right for sure. <laughs> but you know, um, the seventies uh, with the inflation and all going on there. Actually, it was they called it stagflation. Uh, they never mentioned monetary inflation, but it was stagflation. But it had a lot to do with oil, and then also uh, there were a lot of regulations, and uh, the uh, the. OPEC really wasn't strong at that time. They banded together to, uh, you know, boycott us, and uh, that's that's when there was a lot of anxiety. But we got we got past that. So um, there's there was one other thing that uh, I wanted to uh, mention is um, 
that uh, it, this has to, uh, it, it will be resolved, but when, who knows? It took a long time in the 70s to re resolve it. It really opened up uh, more after Reagan was elected and some of that stuff was uh, put behind us. But uh, th this thing is, is going to continue, and I think that, uh, I, I think that the, the odds of them all of a sudden saying, you know, those free market guys, those Austrians, <laughs> the good Austrians, yeah. <laughs> they know something about this and uh, may, maybe it will work, uh, you know, because it's not complicated. And I remember the saying goes, and I'm sure it was a, a true saying, when Austria was uh, having runaway inflation, somebody uh, came to, finally a few people knew who Mises was, and um, the Nazis hadn't invaded and taken over everybody. So they said, what would you do? What would you do now with the prices out of control? And he says, meet me on this corner of square and so-and-so, and, and I'll show you. So they got at the corner and the printing presses were running and you could hear them. He says, stop the printing presses and you'll solve your problem. <laughs> I doubt if they stopped them that yeah, night. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, well, let's move on and put up that next clip while we queue up the next thing that we're going to talk about. It's a little bit of Fauci news and it's actually quite interesting if we can uh, find that next clip here. This is from Breitbart. Breitbart. One of Fauci's top doctors opposes vaccine mandates and will debate, debate ethics at the National Institutes of Health. This is a pretty interesting story. Yeah, at first I thought he might be debating uh, Fauci, but I, that's not for sure. I, I think don't it's think. a panel, more of yeah, a panel Yeah, at least, at least it's in their territory, yeah. and it, it's letting people know that uh, there's not a total dictatorship yeah. there. They have the power, and they've gotten away with it, and Fauci certainly has, has the influence with, with all the lefties so, and, and the Marxists. So, uh, you know, if, if there is a debate... And I was thinking it would be neat if it was with Fauci. But I suggested, you know, if that is the case, and whoever the debate's with, I think that uh, they should have Rand as the moderator. Yeah, there we go. That'd be fun. <laughs> and, Sell uh, popcorn. Yeah, we say, well, you know. But uh, the, uh, this is neat because it's ideological. It'll bring out ideas. The big shortcoming is uh, hopefully uh, the doors won't be closed and nobody can really hear them. Uh, but it sounds like this is going to be public if it ever comes to pass. And then you, you, can't, uh, uh, you can't depend on the liberal media yeah. to, to explain what's going on because this is, uh, this, this is something that is, there's a disagreement where you think that you're not even allowed. If you disagree and you don't belong to the club, you, you get censored. And yeah. uh, so this, this is excellent. I think Hope it's a, it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it will, and it's actually scheduled. It's a public hearing. But what's interesting about this is that it exposes this myth that there's a monolith of opinions, that it's basically the science versus all the flat-earther, anti-vaxxers, knuckle-dragging Trump, uh, Trump supporters. Because we're talking about Dr. Matthew Mimoli. He's been on the uh, National Institutes for Health for 16 years. According to this article in Breitbart, he recently received an NIH Director's Award, so he's a well-established, well-respected uh, physician who disagrees with the mandate and makes you wonder how many colleagues does he have in the NIH that agree with him and disagree with it. I did pull one quote from the article, Dr. Paul, if we can put that next clip up, because it does uh, give a good indication as to what his rationale is for opposing the policy. And he says, um, 
he opposes vaccine mandates and has declined the corona vaccine, his coronavirus vaccine himself, arguing that they should be reserved for vulnerable, elderly, and obese Americans. Quote, I think the way we're using the vaccines is wrong, end quote, he said to Dr. Fauci in an email on July 30th. This from the article. Regarding the existing vaccines, Mamoli reportedly argued that a, quote, blanket vaccination at peop- of people at low risk of severe illness could hamper the development of more robust immunity gained across a population from infection. And you and I know what that means, Dr. Paul. That means natural immunity. If you yeah. vaccinate everyone, you're going to mess with, with natural immunity. So here's someone who's eminently qualified to make these judgments and to have this opinion, and he's raising some very important questions. You know, a generic question I wish they would address and uh, talk about and ask them if they really believe in the noble lie. Is it permissible uh, and acceptable for government, uh, you know, uh, government dictators and, and bureaucrats are they a lot of lie to the people? And we, it would be interesting to see if anybody, well, we know they accept this as principle. I mean, they've accepted for how many thousand years yeah, or so. Yeah. The governments need to lie to the people. And there's a lot of that going on now. But uh, to hear them say it, I think uh, might wake up a few people. Oh, yeah, well, we have to tell the truth. Boy, the worst lie you can commit in this country is if you're talking to a government agent and you tell, tell them a little fib. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't, If a little fib with the IRS can get you into a lot of trouble. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll see. We'll, have to, we'll keep following this and see what happens. We want to tell kind of a semi-good news story because, you know, a lot of these big corporations, they're knuckling under, please, government, tell us what to do. We'll do anything. We'll put our boot on the necks of Americans. Well, here's a company that's standing out and has some courage, and I think they deserve people's support. Let's put up this next clip. And to back it up, you know, Aaron Rodgers, a legendary quarterback, one of the greatest football players of all time, he recently got into a lot of hot water because he said, I'm allergic to the shots. I don't want to take them. In consultation with my own physicians, I've come up with my own protocol uh, to deal with this, to prevent myself from getting sick and from passing it on. It includes uh, monoclonal antibodies. It includes ivermectin and a few other things. Uh, And so he has completely ridiculed that great scientist, Terry Bradshaw, right, formerly a great quarterback, uh, attacked him brutally. And, uh, of course, he was dropped immediately by one of his big sponsors, for doing this, and he didn't play in the game uh, on Sunday, which is why they lost. But anyway, one, one courageous company, State Farm, let's put up the clip, sorry, I got ahead of myself. Let's put up this clip. State Farm stands by Aaron Rodgers after his vaccine comments. They say, Aaron Rodgers has been a great ambassador for our company for much of the past decade. We don't support some of the statements he has made, but we respect his right to have his own personal point of view. So hats off to State Farm. There, that's, that, was, that was great. They got my attention. And, uh, and Rogers was very explicit. This is my personal view. He, yeah. he wasn't trying to convert anybody. And it, he wasn't introducing him to another philosophy. He didn't even talk about really in a politics. He was just talking about his own life. And does he have a right to take care of uh, a potential illness? And obviously they, they declined that. But, you know, if if you're out of sync with the establishment and you come across on masks and you and you say masks don't work and this is for the 
birds, uh, you could lose your job yep. and lose a lot of money, and it could be bad. You, you you could be canceled. So I think um, I think there should be a cancellation here. Mm. I think that as a matter of fact, only only because uh, the thought crossed my mind. You know what? I think I'm going to check my insurance company. <laughs> Wonder who they are. Wonder what their position is. Maybe I ought to look into this State Farm. Yeah. Because maybe they have some other good ideas too. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And, and here's a little taste of what Aaron Rodgers is like. Because you know they want to portray him as some kind of knuckle dragger. Uh, you know, flat earther. He's actually a very intelligent, well-educated UC Berkeley graduate, by the way. Um, but let's put up uh, this great, because this is what, what he said when everyone was attacking him for following his own protocols. He said, quote, the right is going to champion me and the left is going to cancel me. I don't give a blank about either of them. Politics is a total sham. I'm not going on Fox News just like I'm not going to go on CNN. Great statement. Very good. Yeah. We need more of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did, did he have to sit out one game already? He, he did not play Sunday, and they did not do well. I feel, I feel bad for the person who filled in for him because it was his first NFL game. But, hey, he's no Aaron Rodgers. Uh -huh. Is there an understanding now on uh, when he gets to play again? I don't know, actually. I haven't followed that, but it would be interesting to find out what's going to mm. happen with him. Don't mess around with sports. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big help when people are fussing. Yes. Uh, next. Yes. Uh, Los Angeles. Is this Los Angeles? Los Angeles. Thousands gathered? Yeah. And yeah. they weren't arrested? No concentration camp or anything? And these are city employees? And uh, they're, they're sick and tired of the mandates. Yeah. So, so this is a good news story. Even in California, Even there's in people California. who are upset. And you know what? We bash them. And California is on the receiving end because of their leadership. And the people allowed their leadership to get this way. But I'll bet you if you had an honest, honest polling of the people and gave them a few things uh, to say, do you support this, this, and this? I'll bet you they're not all that bad. I'll bet you I'll say, no, I think people have, have a right to do that. But uh, that's not going to happen right now it's who has the power and this is difficult but the good news is that there were a couple people showed up yeah and uh maybe they'll come back again and uh he, he oh here, there's the sign here it's forced vaccination is inhuman inhuman yeah that's strong <laughs> well it was it was yesterday it took place it was put on by a group called firefighters for freedom which sounds great and it's um here's john knox who's a member of that organization and here's what he says that's an overreach on the government's part because it's not your right to tell me what I do with my health care and what I put into my body. That sounds good. And I, I mean, I was surprised, too. When we have a couple of little video clips we're going to show, I didn't expect there to be that many people here. But that just goes to show that California isn't always exactly what they, what they say it is. So let's play a couple of those clips. Let's do the, the whole one of that short one and then just a sampling of, this, of the second one if we can. Here's a here's from the rally. Overreaching and accusing itself where it doesn't belong is going to threaten each and every one of us, and all of you have your jobs on the line. But until you understand the celestial article of freedom, as Thomas Paine says, and you realize how valuable it is to your children, 245 years of ancestry has given this to you today, and it's time for us to give it to the That's great. And the second one is even more dramatic in terms of turnout. Let's just watch maybe about 10 seconds of this to just get a flavor of, uh, of what the, the totality of the protest. This is a big protest. 
Uh, this is a big protest. Look at how many people were there. Wow. Scott Drive is in Air 7 HD with a look at a protest in Grand Park. Scott. Yeah, Philip, I apologize for the delay here. We're having a technical issue. That's a lot of people, Dr. Paul, uh, who turned out against the L.A. City's vaccine mandate. That's great. The battle is not over yet. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's good. That's right. So um, I have one more item. Yeah, I just have some miscellaneous. Yeah. Oh, that's so. right. You had another no, one. No, no, go ahead. I, I just have some miscellaneous things at the end. Yeah, well, so. mine is uh, sort of in between. I found it <laughs> just sort of strange. One of the what are they doing? You know, yeah. it's so, so strange. It's, it's so silly sometimes. You, you, you can't get angry, but you can say, what's going on in the world? And the one that hit me uh, this weekend was uh, here in Texas. We're the Texas, Texas is getting a bad rap, but they're finding out that uh, the rest of the country is going to get a bad rap, too, because in the middle of the night, I understand Biden hauling people around in secret airplanes and distributing so nobody feels cheated and they didn't get enough of the illegals. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they might, might need some help on running their, uh, their uh, business operation. <laughs> so this is Texas uh, fi uh, filling border barriers gaps with shipping containers. Well, there's a couple of things. Where do all these shipping containers, we've seen them and they're not being used. Yeah. And uh, somehow or another, so far, there's still a fair amount of material transfer, but it's not gonna end. So we have this whole demonstration of how far gone the economy is, where you have shipping, uh, shipping containers and you have to use them as barriers and, you know, I looked at it, and well, how do you do it, though? How do you do it? Most Americans don't think that, you know, they see it as a property right. They walk in, they take over your land, they walk over everybody, then you have to take care of them. There's, there's something, something about it that, uh, why do they do it? And, you know, I think a long time ago, maybe, t you know, off and on 10, 15 years, I've always said that we have the problem because uh, we subsidize something that is not legal and it, it costs a lot of money. And the old saying is uh, very authentic and that is if you subsidize something, you're gonna get more of it. Yeah. So if over time it becomes much more uh, easy for people to become citizens, uh, then you're going to have more do this. And uh, I, I think that, uh, I think generally speaking over the many, many years, uh, you know, immigration has been pretty uh, well, you know, tolerated in this country. But it gets to the point where I remember when I was running as a libertarian, somebody asked me that question. They were, you know, hardcore and probably leaned toward open borders or something uh -huh. and and i was sympathetic i hadn't worked out everything in my mind about it i said this is this is important we should be open we should let people come in and and they assimilate half more than half the country came about that way i said but but when i ask a question a rhetorical question and it's probably uh answered by now i says when does this type of immigration become an invasion yeah and uh, a, lot, a lot of people, but uh, a lot, a lot, no guns it's necessarily, a lot of violence occur, yeah. but uh, it, it, it looks like an invasion to some people. And uh, I think it's the lack of respect for property rights, lack of respect for the people who have to pay all the bills. Uh, has, and the, uh, 
tolerance of people coming to our country. Uh, I mean, when, when you meet somebody that comes that just happens to be a tremendous citizen, more American than American, yeah. hardworking people, and there are a lot of them that uh, we praise them, but uh, n- not if, uh, if it gets out of control, and that's what it is. And this idea, it's hard for me to believe that, uh, that Biden is actually making sure people are being distributed in night. Uh, I, I just think there are a couple of spots in California uh, where I bet he doesn't deliver any illegal immigrants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably to his <laughs> house. Well, I've got a couple of little miscellaneous things, Dr. Paul, and let's put up this next clip. Everyone needs a hero. My hero's name is Fiona Lachelle's. Florida girl, seven years old, suspended for the 36th time for not wearing her mask at school. <laughs> 36th time she's been suspended from school. Cute little girl. Uh, she's got a great future as a libertarian. Uh, let's look at the next one. Uh, then here she gets a nice meeting with Governor DeSantis. It'd be nice if the governor could do something about these schools suspending students for not wearing masks, but at least he gives her some support. Wow. What a great kid. I would recommend probably homeschooling, but hey, that's wonderful. And the last thing I wanted to mention, Dr. Paul, is that you know we talk a lot about Alex Berenson, the former New York Times reporter. Very, very good work uh, on the COVID. Very, very good work from the beginning. Well, as you remember, he was suspended indefinitely from Twitter just a couple of months ago for posting that the vaccine effectiveness wanes over time. And he cited a, a study that showed that. For that, that was heresy and he was canceled from Twitter forever. Well, let's look at this last clip. This is interesting because this is the Los Angeles Times just a couple of months later saying the exact same thing. Study shows dramatic decline in effectiveness of all three COVID-19 vaccines over time. Uh, And this is uh, Clay uh, Travis posted it uh, and makes that point that Alex Berenson was banned and now the LA Times is writing about it. Maybe they should apologize to Berenson and reinstate him. Now, that would be a pretty good idea. While you were saying that, the word apology came to my mind. You know, I I think maybe he's somebody that deserves an apology. But... you know, all along, he, he, he's going to win what he's fighting for. He's fighting for the truth and integrity. And, uh, but he's probably lost a bit, too, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, as far as, uh, you know, financials uh, and, and jobs and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all I've got, Dr. Paul, for today. So. Very good. I want to thank our viewers for tuning in today uh, to the Liberty Report. Uh, we're very pleased how things are going. We've had a couple good stories today, and uh, we still earnestly believe that the majority of the people the majority of people do want peace and prosperity it's just that it's so easy to be pressured by the bureaucrats and the demagogues and the scared into a fear the use of fear whether it's uh, to join in on the war against covid or the war against the russians they're always willing uh, they're fighting into supporting the demagogues but i think the only thing that can counteract that is, is not the use of force it doesn't work you can't have rules against speech and all the other things that they use they use it against us but that isn't the answer for us uh, to silence the other the only way we can silence the people who are the authoritarians who would do anything to keep our message out of uh, the public view is to keep preaching the truth and with with the conciliation that that 
you know, no one person knows all the truth. And we haven't had a claim for that, but we do claim that we're very sincere and very earnest and always looking to try to sort it out. And overall, most people can uh, understand and recognize truth. I think the big truths of the world have been around for thousands of years. You know, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, and don't kill. Boy, just think if everybody followed those rules, what would the world be like? I'll tell you what, it would be a lot more peaceful and it'd be a lot more prosperous. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.